Hello, you're listening to Brea and Leia, a Star Wars podcast hosted by a mother, that's me, I'm Annika, and daughter. Hi there, I'm Kirsty. For our first episode, we want to introduce ourselves and the podcast by giving a quick rundown of some of our favorite things in Star Wars. We won't go into great detail, we'll save that for future episodes, but we want to give you our foundation. Is there anything you want to say before we just jump right in? Um, you want to say who we are? Yeah, we should say who we are. <laughs> so I'm Annika, and I have been a Star Wars fan um, since I was seven years old. I, you know, it's like a joke in my family. I can't stop talking about Anakin Skywalker. I have so much to say about Star Wars. Every incarnation of Star Wars, I love them all. And I just, I have so much to say about Star Wars that I want a place to say it. Awesome. And um, yeah, I'm Kirsty again, and I'm Annika's daughter. And she introduced me to Star Wars. So I've kind of been watching Star Wars my whole life, but have especially gotten into it recently with everyone getting back into the sequel trilogy and everything. And I've been getting into the Clone Wars series and all kinds of stuff. So I'm excited to talk about Star Wars too. Great. So that brings us to our first question, which was, what was your first Star Wars? And as I mentioned, I have been a fan since I was seven. I went to see Return of the Jedi in the movie theaters, and I only have vague memories of it, but it was also like a life-changing <laughs> um, occurrence. Aww. I remember two things vividly of, you know, remembering. Obviously, I've seen the film like 800 times since then, so um, I remember the whole film in my head, but I remember two things of like you know, being a very small child and, and, and having these sort of imprinted in my brain. And the first thing is uh, Vader uh, walking along with all of the stormtroopers, like a parade of stormtroopers. Um, and then the second thing is also Vader <laughs> uh, throwing the emperor into the abyss in order to save his son. And that moment, of Vader saving Luke is why I love Star Wars. And your life's never been the same. And my life's never been the same. <laughs> yeah, I think that story is the sweetest thing and says a lot about you that, you know, what you remember isn't like the teddy bear characters, but the big bad guy uh, turning good. The big bad guy <laughs> not being a bad guy after all. That's sweet. <laughs> For me, um, I remember my first Star Wars as being Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, uh, which I saw when I was nine years old. Um, however, I recently came across something that I don't remember at all, but uh, apparently with you I made a web page. Do you remember this? Yes. Uh, it's called Kirsty's Space Voyage. <laughs> so good. I Googled myself recently and found it. It's very, you know, early 2000s or late 90s, I don't know. Uh, website. I think early 2000s, I was like six, I said on it. And so in that, I talk about, or I'm sure you typed for me, but that my favorite <laughs> character, I have like favorite characters from Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. So clearly I'd seen those, and I'm sure I'd seen the original trilogy too at some point. But the first one that I remember seeing was Revenge of the Sith. And I specifically remember 
you explaining the plot of Star Wars to me in the movie theater before watching Revenge of the Sith. Because, you know, as a kid, I had a hard time paying attention to movies throughout. So I didn't, you know, I, I enjoyed watching them, but I didn't really know what was going on necessarily. Uh, and so you, like, had to tell me, like, okay, remember, like, that character in those movies? And remember Darth Vader? So they're the same person. And this is the movie where he's going to become Darth Vader. <laughs> so Spoiler. I specifically remember that. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. So, <laughs> yeah. Aw, that's great. Okay, so the next one is favorite film or series. And for me, it is the Star Wars, the Clone Wars series, which, I mean, I love so many different things in Star Wars, but that's my favorite. I watched a little bit when I was younger, when it first came out, um, but definitely got into it more in college when it was on Netflix and watched every single episode through. And I just love that it tells a story that we all already know how it's going to end. Um, but, you know, you get to meet all these different creative, fleshed out characters. And you get to see the story from so many different perspectives. Um, you can connect to the characters. Definitely makes you feel a lot of feelings, uh, a lot of sad feelings especially. Um, there, you know, there's some fun little stories in there, but... Then whenever you think about it too much, you realize that like all of the Clone Wars is a tragedy because everyone ends up sad and, or dead or something by the end of it. Uh, so evil. Just, or evil, yeah. So there's just, but there's a lot of clever storytelling that comes out of that because th since they already have their ending and their beginning, it's like they get to do some really clever stories that connect to those stories we already know. And so there's a lot I could say about the Clone Wars, but definitely we'll talk about it more in future episodes. But yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's a... I, I knew that was going to be your answer um, because you love Clone Wars so much and you always come back to it. And so I think that's great. And I, th I agree that the fact that it is sort of this bridge story really... It requires them to be sort of creative in their storytelling, and it expands the universe so much because of that. Absolutely. So what's your choice? My favorite is Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> which I feel like is a really weird one to be my favorite because it's the most sad ending. And I, <laughs> I, I'm a very positive person. Like, I'm known for being positive and hopeful and... But you love Darth Vader. <laughs> but I love Darth Vader. And, like, the reason that Revenge of the Sith is my favorite is that it's the most emotional for me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the most visceral. Like, I really feel it when I'm watching it. Um, I've seen it, of all of the Star Wars films, I've probably seen it the most. And yet, every time, I'm like... Maybe Darth Vader won't happen. <laughs> Maybe Anakin will stay good this time. And it's like, no. Mm. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> that was never an option. That's but what the fan fiction is for, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, that's, and there's plenty of that. Um, but uh, the, the reason I love it so much is that it sets up that, that Return of the Jedi moment. Like, I, mm -hmm. you couldn't have that Return of the Jedi moment without Revenge of the Sith. And I see all of Anakin's story unfolding in the middle of this movie. It's like you, you can see everything that came before and everything that comes after is really sort of there in Revenge of the Sith. And I think that it encapsulates what I love about Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. If I didn't choose the Clone Wars as my favorite, I would probably choose Revenge of the Sith. 
Um, not just because it's the first one I remember, but definitely connected to it as much as you did. It has a lot of fun moments, a lot of good character moments, um, just things that I've enjoyed ever since I was a kid. And at this point, I could probably recite that movie word for word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our next uh, question, and I feel like I've given away my answer. But, um, the, the question is favorite character, and my answer is Anakin Skywalker because he's my favorite fictional character in all of fiction and has been my, my whole life, basically. Um, I just think that there is so much there in having... Like, he really sort of is the idea of balance, that he is the most good and the most heroic, and he's also the most villainous and the most lost. Mm. And so that is a, an amazing character. The, a character that can have all of that within it is just... It can go so many different ways. And I can... You know, you said the fan fiction, and, like, I love... Uh, alternate universe canon divergent stories because you can pull one little thread and see how things change and Anakin's fall really gives a lot of options mm. uh, for what what little threads you can pull at and see how it changes him and how it changes all the people around him and how it changes the galaxy and how it stays the same. So, but honestly, it's really, it's just that Anakin represents that idea that no matter how lost you are, it's never too late to, to come back to the person that you should have been. Yeah, I think that's a really important message. And I agree with you that there's so many threads to pull on in Star Wars um, when it comes to like thinking about what could have happened and things like that. Uh, if there was any time travel in Star Wars, there would be a lot of things to do with that. Um, I guess there is time travel now. But <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but I agree. I think Anakin's a really good character, too. And he's definitely, right now, the backbone of Star Wars as a story. Um, yeah. For me, this prompt is kind of impossible because... <laughs> Uh, I don't have as clear of an answer. I love a lot of different characters in Star Wars for such different reasons. So definitely this is not like an answer I'll necessarily stick to. Um, but, you know, after struggling to think about it for a bit, um, I've settled on Obi-Wan as my favorite character. Um, and just because, similar to Anakin, you know, you see him in a lot of the different movies. You see him as a student, as a best friend, as a mentor, um, kind of the wise old man or whatever he is uh, when he's old. Um, <laughs> but he kind of, he introduces the audience of Star Wars to what a Jedi is, which is like such an important role, I think. And then aside from that, uh, especially young Obi-Wan, he's hilarious and he's super quotable. And I love his quotes all the time. Uh, so, yeah, that would probably be my favorite. That is a great answer. And they go together. It all, it, it all works out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that uh, their relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan is really important, too. And they're both really great characters. And, I mean, there's, I yeah, of course, there are hundreds of characters that I love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know could shout out everybody 
Um, and, and they will. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> I look forward to talking about characters in, like, just a smaller selection of characters and choosing our top whatevers uh, and stuff. And just, I'm sure we'll get around to celebrating all the characters. Yeah. But I just had to shout out Obi-Wan. Like, I feel like lately I've been very, like, a big Obi-Wan fan. He's coming back. Yeah, that too. Oh, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So the next prompt is favorite minor character, which I like that you put that in there because it made it a little bit <laughs> easier uh, to, <laughs> to pick characters because it's like, okay, now I can pick one that like would be like a little silly to pick as my favorite character, but definitely is one of my favorite characters. Um, so of course I picked a clone <laughs> trooper because <laughs> uh, I love the Clone Wars and one of the things I love about it is the clone troopers and seeing things from their perspectives. Um, so this clone is seen only in a handful of episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars, not in any of the movies or anything, um, but his name is Fives. And Fives is a very skilled, um, sort of strong-willed soldier who is like not afraid to speak up, not afraid to kind of go against the grain. He questions his authority, um, and eventually he's actually able to discover the evil plot of Order 66. And so that's such an interesting story, getting to follow him and just see a, a clone that's really stepping out of the image that we have come to think of the clone troopers as prior to like watching the series because you really don't get to know anything about them in the films. Um, so I just love how we get an insight into the clone troopers' individual lives in the Clone Wars um, and Fives just happens to be my favorite of these uh, soldiers' stories. Yay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love the clones because because they are, like, literal copies. You have to be really creative to bring to make them all individuals, yeah. but that's what the Clone Wars does, and it's amazing. It is. And they didn't have to do that. You know, there's so many things in Clone Wars I feel like they... They didn't have to, like, make these connections or flesh out these random characters, but they did. And clearly the creators of the show put a lot of thought into it, a lot of clever thinking. What's your pick? So you know I think what I do. <laughs> um, because I describe him as the love of my <laughs> life. Um, Bail Organa, um, who shouldn't be a minor character. He should get his own movie. But... <laughs> Right now, he's still a minor character, and I um, I love Bail Organa so much that like anything that Jimmy Smith is in is automatically in a it's on your watch list. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it, that's how I see it. Um, and his current like his new show, he has an adopted daughter and. She has a secret brother. <laughs> I'm just like, look, <laughs> you're like playing right into my ridiculousness. But yes, so Bail Organa, because he has this moment at the end of Attack of the Clones that encapsulates why I love him and why I love that movie and why I love the prequels. And it's just this really tiny, silent moment of acting where we see all of the clone troopers boarding the giant star destroyers and because we saw the original trilogy came first, we know that that is the Empire. This is the literal rise of the Empire that we're watching happen right in front of us. And Bail Organa 
is sad about it. Everybody else in his little group, you know, um, the chancellor and uh, the chancellor's peoples are all, you know, looking forward and, and they've won and this is a, a victory. Um, but Belargana punches the ground and looks away and looks down and is sad because he realizes the darkness as well. Like he sees how this is, this is the opposite of the victory. This is everything that he's been fighting against. Um, he didn't want to go to war. He didn't want there to be an army and yeah, he lost. And it's just, it's that really um, beautiful moment of, uh, he, it's sort of foreshadowing his horrible end um, on Alderaan. Oh. And I just think it's, it's just this beautiful, amazing moment, and then that's the that's the man who raised Leia, mm -hmm. and and made her into the hero of the rebellion, and it and I just think that's beautiful. So Bail Organa is just always going to be uh, my my favorite uh, side character of of Star Wars. Um, but you know that said, I could answer many many others um, that I that I also love. For sure, me too. There's just far it, too many. It's, it's a very rich galaxy, is I guess what I'm saying. It's a, it's a great choice, though. Because, um, you know, I never really had any particular feelings about Bail Organa, <laughs> but I know that you do. And uh, I think it's cool that you can, like, take so much meaning from that sort of wordless reaction I, that he I has. Um, it's such a split-second moment. Um, but I just, I remember watching it the first time, and I, every time it, it comes to that moment, I, it just takes my breath away. The next question is favorite music track. And... I just want to point out that the music in that moment with Bail Organa is also a huge part of why it's so amazing. Um, that the whole, the end of Attack of Clones is probably my favorite music track, um, but I'm not, that's not really <laughs> a, uh, that's not really a, it's, it uses all of the music at once, mm -hmm. um, and it's um, amazing it's and cheating. brilliant. In yeah, other words, exactly. to pick that. It's cheating. <laughs> That's like more than one. So my my favorite is, and this is like Anakin is my favorite character in all of fiction. This is my favorite song in all of songs. Um, and it's Across the Stars, uh, the love theme for Anakin and Padme um, that was debuted in Attack of the Clones, um, but it plays throughout... Attack of the Clones, and uh, also Revenge of the Sith. And it is hauntingly beautiful. You should hum it. For those that don't know, you should, like, sing the tune. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, it's, like, it's so sad, and yet... So beautiful, mm -hmm. and that's what Anakin and Padme are. So it's it's perfect for what it is. Um, I love. It's called Across the Stars, and which always makes me think of the star-crossed lovers in Romeo and Juliet. And you know, in it, as well as being like actual space, <laughs> it also brings up this tragic story of love, forbidden love between young people. And so that's clever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but the song is just, I, 
I don't know. It's another one of those things where it just brings up so many feelings in me, and I connect so deeply to it, and and it represents Anakin and Padme. It represents Padme. It represents Anakin. It represents the prequels. <laughs> it represents Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's like all of this, all of my feelings and my love for the whole galaxy sort of get wrapped up in just when I hear that that song. Um, so even though it's not like the Star Wars theme, <laughs> um, to me, it is. Yeah, I, I like the way you put that. Because so like just the feeling that it has, the emotion that it creates kind of encapsulates what Star Wars is, especially to you. Yeah. I also love that track. Um, and it mostly reminds me of uh, back when I used to play cello, I had some Star Wars sheet music, and Across the Stars was always one of my favorites to play, partially because it was one of the easier ones, um, <laughs> but also it just it has a really nice sound, especially on that particular instrument. So that's a good choice. Um, I think that my choice is not too different from that, really. Um, so my favorite music track is, I believe, called Battle of the Heroes, or possibly Anakin versus Obi-Wan. Um, mm-hmm. But in any case, it's the music that plays when Anakin's fighting Obi-Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith on Mustafar. Um, and so it goes like... Do, 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 do. <laughs> it's very epic. Uh, it very much fits the epic battle happening on a lava planet with crazy action going on and really emotional moments. Um, it has sort of the same like epic feel of Duel of the Fates, which is a favorite of a lot of Star Wars fans, and I agree it's very good. Um, but So it has that same kind of style, but with a bit of the same sort of tragic, uh, tragic love kind of style of Across the Stars that you were talking yeah. about. I think that I can kind of get that vibe, uh, both of those from the song. Yeah. Um, so that's that's definitely my favorite, though there's so many good classic soundtracks in Star yeah. Wars. Uh, and also, anything written by John Williams... Is amazing. <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> his entire catalog is good. So... Uh, you know that that could we could be a whole separate podcast of just <laughs> let's talk about John Williams tracks. Oh, definitely, but, um, <laughs> I would listen to that. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, but yeah, and and the music is so important to Star Wars. I really feel like he is a gift mm-hmm. um, to movies, and he definitely adds to the fairy tale fantasy space opera that is Star Wars. Yeah, I also want to point out, I've been, in my notes, I tried to guess what your answers would be to each one, and I've been totally right so far. <laughs> I nice. guess this isn't supposed to be hard, though. Um, <laughs> definitely, by I'm sure we'll surprise each other in future That's episodes. Right. But, like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I know my mother. <laughs> but this next one, I'm not sure we'll, we'll guess, because it's kind of a different one. Um, so the next one is, what job do you want in the Star Wars universe? I like this one. Um, how did you come up with this idea? You know, I was like, we can't just just do favorites. That, I know. That's, you know <laughs> that's tiring. So we have to do something something that's a little a little fun, a little out there, you know, a thought experiment kind, yeah. of, kind of thing. I like um, it. And this, you know, so I, I looked around at 
30 day memes and stuff and, <laughs> and this was one that that's something that you, we don't need to go too in depth in mm-hmm. but we can probably have a fun answer for yeah I mean of course I feel like everyone wants to say that they'd be like a Jedi but at the same time <laughs> it'd be kind of like not fun to be a Jedi <laughs> I would be a terrible Jedi <laughs> there's a lot of restrictions and uh responsibilities and stuff. So I'd want a lightsaber, but I don't need to go through all that craziness. But I was thinking, like, in real life, uh, I'm sort of in the field of ecology. And so I think I would maybe probably still be (laughs) an ecologist. Um, But it would be so different in the Star Wars universe, right? Like, I could study how the different planets work. And, you know, especially the ones that are, like, all desert, like... (laughs) What the heck, you know? <laughs> How does that work? Yeah. Um, or studying all the cool creatures, like the Zillow Beast. Uh, I mean, that's not the first creature most people would think of. But like, you know, <laughs> the, the Tauntaun and the Sarlacc. <laughs> the abominable snowman or whatever. The crystal foxes. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. The crystal foxes them. are so cool. Yeah. So I would probably be a Star Wars ecologist. <laughs> I like it. I mean, especially with the planets, they, they someone needs to explain them. <laughs> yes. So, okay, <laughs> even though I, I chose this question, I was like, oh, that's a great, that's a great one. Then I was like, wait, I don't have an answer. Um, I would be a terrible Jedi. I would be a terrible politician. <laughs> I have always wanted, though, to have my own, like, I've always wanted to live on a boat, right? And so I was mm-hmm. like, that's sort of like, living on a, on a ship. I would have my own ship, right? And I'm not really a Han Solo, but I could definitely be Harris and Dula. Yeah. I want my own ship where I would live and work and I would get my, you know, I'd have my little crew of misfits, you know, come come join me on my, uh, on my ship and we would go out into the galaxy to do whatever needs to be done. We would find a problem and we would fix it. That's awesome. <laughs> You know, that's also a little like Guardians of the Galaxy. I just, yeah. I don't know. I just, just realized, I'm like, oh, you know, that kind of reminds me of the vibe of, of them. Right. <laughs> they eventually are pretty much right the in rebellion. the rebellion. Yeah. Whereas, you know, maybe Han Solo is a better fit in that I think I would prefer to be the person who, who's sort of like the Guardians of the Galaxy, who like goes where the Avengers don't go. Right. <laughs> who helps out people who... You know, I want to go free the slaves on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to wait for the Republic to do it. Yeah. But, you know, in the last season of Rebels, they, they do sort of like, well, we're going to go help the people on Lothal, even if you, that's not important to you people. Because <laughs> we've decided this, that's what's important to our family. Yeah, right? I think that's still what they stand for most strongly. Like, even right. though they are part of the Rebellion, which is super cool, I like that they are... Um, they're first and foremost the ghost crew that's doing their ghost crew things. Right. Yeah. So so that yeah, but so I want to be I want to be that. That's awesome. I like that choice. <laughs> the next is speaking of ships, our favorite spaceship. This was really hard for me <laughs> because, like I just said, I really love the ghost crew and the ghost and Hera and everything about Rebels ship. But I also really love the Millennium Falcon because it's the Millennium Falcon <laughs> and it represents so much. Yeah. And then I really like Solo, the movie Solo, mm-hmm. and I really love L3. Yeah. 
the droid, and now she's sort of a part of the Millennium Falcon, so I ended up saying it's the Millennium Falcon. Nice. <laughs> because L3 is a part of her, and so is Han, and so is Lando, and so is Rey. Mm-hmm. All of these people, you know, Chewie, they're all a part of the ship, too, and so it's, like, important to me, too. Yeah. So I... I also chose the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> well, it is the best shift, probably. <laughs> I know. I feel like everyone would choose the Millennium exactly. Falcon. But, I, yeah, I didn't even think of, like, L3 and stuff like that. Um, but I kind of, like, I was thinking, I also considered the ghost for mine, too. But I was just thinking about the Millennium Falcon, like, has been in so many of the films now that it just feels so familiar in this really nice way where, like, there's sort of a sense of nostalgia to it. Which is impressive because, like, you know, I didn't grow up with the original trilogy, so you'd think I would have nostalgia for maybe things in the prequels more. But, you know, I think it's especially, like, in The Force Awakens when you see, like, um, Han Solo get back on the Millennium Falcon for the first time in that moment. Or, like, just Finn and Rey piloting it and, you know, Finn spinning around in the gun (laughs) turret thing. And, you know, like, it's just, it has this, like, familiar character to it, and you kind of know that interior set so well that, like, it just, it just always feels nice to see it. So I agree. I I picked the Millennium Falcon. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Okay, so the next one uh, is also favorite ship, and I'm assuming by this you mean relationship? That's right. Um, I'm not really the biggest shipper when it comes to Star Wars, especially, but I decided bringing it back to my favorite character, uh, that Obi-Wan and Satine is my favorite ship. Aww. So Satine is the pacifist Duchess of Mandalore in The Clone Wars, and I pick them partially because I just love them both as characters, uh, but I also quite enjoy their dynamic. They're kind of like not in a relationship during The Clone Wars, they're like exes, but eventually they both kind of reveal that they still have feelings for each other. Um, and it's really just like the societal expectations that prevent them from being together. And um, yeah, they, so they argue a lot, uh, which is really funny and entertaining and also kind of interesting. Sometimes they have some uh, interesting discussions about war and what that means to them and what their responsibilities are and things like that. And even, you know, when they're fighting, they kind of, you can tell that they have a lot of respect for each other and care for each other. So that would be my favorite ship. That's a great one. I like it. What about you? So, I mean, look, obviously my favorite (laughs) ship is Anakin and Padme. Um, I feel like I have already explained why, like, twice (laughs) um, in our discussion here. Uh, But because... They again just represent so much uh, for for me. I, I guess I, I've explained how much I love Anakin, um, and again I could I could talk about him for twenty hours straight. Um, <laughs> but Padme is an amazing character, and she's flawed. Like she makes bad decisions, <laughs> and mm. um, but always in in service of her heart. Or, you know, because she's she's trying to fix things. She's trying to... She's stuck in a terrible story. And she's trying to survive it and uh, and move on. And, and then at least uh, 
gives strength to her, her kids and the people she loves, uh, Obi-Wan, Anakin. I spend a lot of time defending Padme <laughs> online. <laughs> and it's usually people saying, you know, she doesn't do anything. She just uh, is Anakin's uh, wife and then she dies. And it's stupid that she dies. And it's, she's just a mom. She's just a wife. She was cool in The Phantom Menace. And then they forgot that she was cool and like stuff like that. And it's sort of like, they're missing the parts of Padme that I love. Mm -hmm. She sees that Anakin needs something and she tries to, to provide it for him. Um, not because she's attracted to him, even though she is, but because she cares about him as a person. And he loves her because of that. Like he loved her immediately because she was beautiful and because she was kind, but he becomes devoted to her because she helps him. You know, she sees that he's cold and scared and alone, and she makes sure that he doesn't feel that way. They arrive at Coruscant, and she tell you know she says you know follow me, come with me, because it's so huge, it's so unlike anything that Anakin has ever seen in his entire life. And he does. He has no idea what's going to happen to him now. And Padme realizes that and takes the time, even though she's there to like literally save her planet. <laughs> like that. That's why she's on Coruscant in the first place. Mm -hmm. And she takes the time to make sure that the little boy is okay and that he knows that that she's with him and that um, she's going to take care of him and look out for him, um, even though that's not her job and it's not anything that she needs to be doing. Um, and I think that that's when Anakin really falls in love with her. Hmm. Yeah. I also like Padme a lot and like her roles in the films and in the Clone Wars. I do love her in the Clone Wars and I love when she teams up with Satine as well. Um, yeah, I, I like her as a character more than I like their relationship personally. I do, I like it, but, you know, there's some moments where I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't, I, I just can't get behind <laughs> some of the ways that Anakin treats her in Attack of the Clones. That's just me. I know that you have your no. reasons for liking it, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, I don't defend them. I know. <laughs> You like it as a story and as like I like a, it as, as a story. A I understand, but I'm like, right. oh my god, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I think it like he it shows it tells you so much about the Jedi. It tells you so much about like it's he doesn't have people skills because the Jedi don't care about people skills. Uh, that they don't care about individual people skills. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> not having people skills, but then there's being like really creepy. <laughs> Because he's not supposed to be doing it at all. Okay. All right. Well, we'll that'll be an episode. We'll, we'll have an episode about it. That's great. <laughs> Anakin's creepiness is a character trait. <laughs> but yeah, I, in, one of the things I love in The Clone Wars, though, is that that's a moment where Anakin and Padme get to, be for happy. the most part, be a cute, happy couple and not have too much drama going on and too much, like unpleasantness. I mean, there's plenty of unpleasantness in the Clone Wars, but, you know, a lot of times they just get to be happy, and I do love that a lot. <laughs> All right. Our, our uh, next uh, question is, favorite line? 
This is not my favorite line, but this is the line I say the most. I don't know what it is. Um, especially lately. <laughs> but because I, this is another thing that, okay, we've become a, a prequels podcast, but <laughs> um, this is one of the reasons <laughs> that I like the prequels so much. No, we've picked the Millennium Falcon. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is that it shows how broken everything is. And that interests me um, because systems break and even the most beautiful and wonderful ones you know the Jedi Order as an idea is beautiful and wonderful the Jedi Order as shown in the prequels is a mess it is very very broken not like the individual people but the system, the Republic is broken, the Senate is broken, everything is broken. <laughs> um, and it's like still broken now in the sequels. <laughs> so they haven't, they haven't gotten to fixing it yet, but I'm sure they're working on that. <laughs> I like that because I feel like that's what life actually is. Um, the United States is very broken. Mm. Not even just now, like right now it is completely like I, unrecognizable. But even when it was quote unquote working pre 2016, it was still broken. It, it still, you know, needed a lot of work. Yeah. It still needs, in order to serve all of the people that live here. And I'm only saying this because I'm American, so I'm not going to talk about like some other country that's broken. <laughs> I can talk about my own. <laughs> my point is, this is my quote, and it is: It is clear to me now that the republic no longer functions. Mm. And I say it all the time, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's a very Star Wars line in that people don't talk like that. <laughs> it sounds like a play. It sounds like, you know, faux Shakespearean type dialogue, um, which I think is great. I think, you know, as much as the Star Wars dialogue is cheesy and silly, I think it's stylistic. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I like that. I like that about it because I do see all of Star Wars as a fantasy, as a fairy tale. I mean, it literally starts with Once Upon a Time. So that's, that's, what, that's what they're going for, I think. And so I just, I love saying that line and it makes me feel better about how horrible everything <laughs> is in reality. Right, because you can turn to a fictional story and right. you know, be reminded that, you know, this is okay and it's going to, people yeah. are, you're pointing it out, and yeah. that I can find <laughs> hope, you know, because that's that's yeah. the, uh, that's the other the flip side is hope exists. Like Star Wars represents the idea that even in the darkest of times, <laughs> Dumbledore. Sorry, <laughs> you just thought like you're about to start a Dumbledore quote. <laughs> but here, here's my quote: <laughs> Rebellions are built on hope. Yeah. Hey, well, that was one of my, I actually chose, I wrote down three quotes, but that was one I have, of them. I have a second one as well. So. <laughs> okay, yeah, so but that good. one fits we'll in with there. yours. <laughs> Rebellions are built on hope is a beautiful quote that, again, it really, like, exactly, that's what, that's why Star that's Wars has so much to it. Yeah, and, and power. I also, you know, I wanted to shout out Rogue One because I love Rogue One and none of these other prompts are bringing it up, but I'm like, that's, you know, definitely one of my favorites. I love how that line passes from Cassian to Jin. You know, like you're saying, it's a very good sentiment of kind of overcoming challenges and especially overcoming things when 
everything seems to be stacked against you or against your group. Yeah. You know, you coming together, having hope, even when it seems like there's no reason to have hope. And it, it passes from Cassie into Jin, and then Jin sort of gives it to all of the rebellion. Yeah. Um, and then it, I see a through line from Rogue One all the way through to The Last Jedi when Poe says, uh, we're the spark that will bring the First Order down. Mm-hmm. I paraphrased that. But yeah. <laughs> that quote, I feel like, is, is almost like a, a callback to rebellions are built on hope. I can see that, yeah. It feels like a continuation yeah. of the story. So my, my other quote was, I have a good feeling about this, that oh, Han Solo yeah. says in Solo. I love that one. You know, it's like, it's the joke that someone says, I have a bad feeling about this in every Star Wars film. And when he said, I have a good feeling about this, like I just fell in love with that young Han Solo and I and the whole in the movie and just I just love it so much that moment is perfect it's showing how he's changed as a character and that you know oh this is it's a sort of optimistic moment as opposed to (laughs) thinking everything's gonna go wrong right it's like yes that's what we need so I, I I just love it I love it so much and 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 you it wouldn't have the impact without the history of course that's what makes it so amazing, and that's why Star Wars is so amazing, is that, you know, something so simple could have, could make me feel so good just because there's so much behind it. Mm-hmm. So for my second and third quotes, I kind of thought of both of these and then realized how they, well, you'll see. Okay, so one of them is, I am a Jedi like my father before me, from Luke Skywalker, and the other one I thought of is, I am no Jedi, Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. So, obviously, I didn't pick these because they're contradictory because, you know, in Luke's no. context, you know, it's, I think it's a lot more of emphasis on the, like, my father before me part because this is part of him trying to reach out to his father and Darth Vader. Um, and, you know, becoming a Jedi is such an important part of his journey as a character. And but for Ahsoka, a big part of her journey as a character is leaving the Jedi Order because it's become, you know, such a just messed up <laughs> thing. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. It's like, broken. It's a broken system. Yeah, it's a it is a failing system. Like there's Jedi turning against each other and dark side invading the Senate and there's politics and there's all this stuff going on and, you know, that doesn't end up being the path that Ahsoka wants to take for herself. And so when she comes back in Rebels and faces Darth Vader, she says that she's going to avenge Anakin and Darth Vader says that revenge is not the Jedi way and she says, I am no Jedi. And I just think that's very, very cool, very powerful moment. I love that uh, particular moment in the episode. I think that you brought balance to the force by <laughs> using those two quotes. <laughs> Good mm-hmm. job. <laughs> we are finishing off with the question of why do you want to do this podcast? So I kind of, first of all, just I want to try podcasting as a format. I've never done podcast before. I know you have. 
um, but I myself enjoy listening to podcasts, and I've been inspired especially by um, podcasts that just talk about their favorite things like we are right now, like talking about things that make you happy and reasons to celebrate a series um, because I think that that's, you know, a, a useful way to spend your time where you're just smiling, you know, as opposed to talking about things you don't like. Um, and I guess that leads into sort of the sort of Star Wars focused part of it, which is I think that there should be more positive discussion about Star Wars. You know, there definitely is, but there's also a lot of negativity and arguing and nitpicking and things like that. Um, and I think it's it'd be cool to create a place for just celebrating Star Wars. And you're the, a perfect person to do this with um, because you introduced me to Star Wars and we both love it. We love all parts of it. And I think we still both approach it from different perspectives, you know, being different ages and growing up with different films and things like that and just the ways that we are different as people. Um, so I think it'll make for some really fun discussion, um, even when we disagree uh, or when we do agree, we'll just have a lot of fun talking to each other about Star Wars. I feel like I don't even have to say anything because that was a perfect explanation. <laughs> but yeah, I like I said, I just have so much to say about Star Wars mm -hmm. and I want a space to say it. As you say, there is a lot of negativity I, it's hard to bring up Star Wars sometimes to a to a audience just just out there. I know, <laughs> like on Twitter, let's say. Even like when you run into people at the mall or whatever, you know, like I've definitely had the situation yeah. with you before, where like you're carrying your your R two D two bag, and someone says like, "Oh, I love your bag. What's your favorite Star Wars movie?" And then it's like that's a scary conversation to have, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, I, I, and then I say, "Revenge of the Sith," and they look like they look at me like I have two heads. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that a controversial opinion? I like, know. Yeah. Like, why'd you ask if like there's only one correct answer? <laughs> right, like. So I want a, pla a place where, you know, we can have these interesting discussions, we can have a conversation, and it'll go out into the world, and maybe it'll start some scary conversations or some great conversations, but we sort of control what we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just the two of us, you know, chatting, like coffee chats or something, you know? So it's like, um, I feel that we will be able to put something positive out into the Star Wars galaxy of fans. The galaxy of fans, I like that. We're all in the galaxy of Star Wars. <laughs> That's fans. right. We're all in the galaxy of Star Wars fandom. So I, I, think, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun to just, uh, and as you say, I think it's good perspectives because I also think that Star Wars is very generational. Um, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> recently went on a rant about how Star Wars is for kids. And I think what Star Wars is, is for families. Yeah. I think that Star Wars uh, is, should be something that you can, you don't have to, but you can sit down and watch with like your grandmother and <laughs> mother and daughter and like it, you know, everybody all together. And and we have. And yeah, and we have. <laughs> and, and that's what, you know, and everybody gets something out of it. Yeah, 
Absolutely. There's, there's something there for all for all of us. And the themes of the story are about family. Right. The theme the whole the whole idea is that everybody is connected in some way. Um and and there's a through line, you know, there again, right, there's the people who grew up with the original trilogy and then the people who grew up with the prequel trilogy and now the people with the sequels and I think it's we should embrace that. There's a a contingency of fans in the galaxy of Star Wars fans who want everything to be the same, um, and that's not realistic, <laughs> too, because life happens and and things mm -hmm. change. You know, even just even just like technology, the sequels are going to look different from the prequels. Are going to look different from the original trilogy just because. Film technology changes every five years, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that instead of being scared of that, I think we should embrace it. And it's yeah. hard. You know, I, I, I have a very nostalgic view of Return of the Jedi um, because I was a child when I saw it, and I remember it so strongly. I remember being that child. And that's how I feel about Revenge of the Sith. And that's what makes me that that makes me happy. Like that, that I think that's wonderful. That that's how you feel about Revenge of the Sith, and it's sort of that's how your sister feels about the, the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. So I think that th that is something to really, really celebrate and and bring out into the world, <laughs> and say, look, it's it's so beautiful that that this is something that we can all share. I totally agree. And I'm so excited to keep doing the podcast with you. All right. Good first episode. Thank you for listening to Brea and Leia. You can follow us on Twitter at at Brea and Leia. That's B-R-E-H-A-N-L-E-I-A. -E I am at Kirsty Beth. And I am at Manic Pixie Dane. Our theme music is You Can Think Positive by Snow Music Studio. You can find our show notes at breaandlea.live. If you like us, leave a review at Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you consume podcasts. The more reviews, the easier it is for new listeners to find us. And tell your friends. We'll see you next time. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.